Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are in the world. Welcome back to Social Convos. We are, you just saw us dancing. We are at episode, what, Chandu? 100. Episode 100. 100. Can you believe it? Like 100 episodes, at least 100 hours of content in the past two plus years. How does it make you feel, Diego? Interesting. Actually, quite, I'd say, I don't think accomplished is the right word, but content would, would be something like having achieved something for such a long time. If you go back to the principle of consistency that we've talked about at length over yeah. many episodes, like yeah. especially when it comes to content mm-hmm. creation, habits, actually the consistency part is where people drop off and to have achieved like 100 episodes so far, almost weekly, we had a short period where we kind of had some hit it and misses, but we picked it back up to have I achieved I think that's the important part. I think I, I want to dive into that though. It's, it's, we went off rails a little bit. And I think there's two things that, that happened. One was the schedule for me. It didn't work anymore because I was traveling, which is around the same time next month is gonna, it might happen again. So I really have to figure that one out. But the second one, we changed time slots. So in this show, usually the recording runs on Tuesday night, but because of guests in Europe, we've experimented yeah. with doing it in an afternoon as well. And it kind of, it took a little bit away of the, the usual people that tune into the show because they were kind of geared towards a certain time, time slot in, in their week. And we moved away from that, which made it difficult as well. But I think we, we went from a very, very enthusiastic moving kind of ritual into a slump. And the way we got out of the slump, I think, is the most impressive part. Because if, if you look back now, how often we have guests compared to like last year, at certain spots, it was like we didn't have a guest for a month or two months. Yeah, it, I think it's, we worked on the system. Like yeah. systematically, we added a time slot to accommodate guests from other time zones or just so, some even in our time zone kind of. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of South American guests lately. So that's (laughs) interesting as well. Yeah, Yeah. And the other thing is, as you mentioned, like the the system we did kind of actually activated our networks to our active networks to kind of book book guests ahead of time. We actually used the bookings link, the Calendly link to like block slots and automate that system. So we slowly build the system to kind of keep or keep the friction low to continue it weekly. Yeah. And there's still so much, so much potential, you know? Yeah, we, we just barely scratched the surface. Yeah. So there's so much we still could do with this show. And I, I really, to be honest, I don't mind. I don't mind at all the document overcreate aspect of it. There's so many nuggets. There's so much evergreen content that I'll be able to look back four years from now and still take some nuggets out and things that were discussed on social conferences that are relevant in, in two years from now. So I think, yeah, I think that's, that's also what makes me excited as well. 
we basically only ran 10 meters of the 100 meter sprint. <laughs> okay. So you're basically saying we're going for a thousand episodes. That's, that's basically what you're saying. We've only ran 10 to 15 meters of this sprint. <laughs> okay. No, I, I mean, that's, that's great news. That, that puts us out there. And that also creates a situation where we're kind of making the commitment for a decade. So I think that's, that's, and there's also no part of me that is shouting like, no, I don't want to do this with Diego. I mean, I think that's the important thing because there could be a situation where one of us would be like, yeah, it's, it's time to find a new, a new co-host, you know, mm. or a new concept or a new show. And I think the commitment to do this together. And even if we have to switch it up, switching it up together, I think that makes me excited as well. Yeah, I, I don't think necessarily, obviously there can be spin-offs, which we'll, we'll talk about a, a bit more in a bit, but obviously we'll adjust as we go. We'll try new concepts, even StreamYard updated, right? With, with these sub-handle features. So we got to adapt with AI things coming up video recently i saw like nvidia published like eye tracking video like we we need to adapt with the technology as we produce content over the next five to ten years the way we produce and create content is going to evolve if you look at the past the topics, five to, the topics yeah, to the past five to ten years and how content creation has evolved in social media in general we, we are like in, in, in this trajectory. So it's adapt. So, so two things I want to talk about when it comes to this. The first one, which we'll discuss later, is how you feel the direction that is, is going and how is that going to impact our, our show. And the second one is, what do you think was the first thing that I asked ChatGPT? So cover your first question on where we're going or where we see this going. Uh, did I catch that correctly? Because I saw yeah, where, where do you see, coming. Where, yeah, where, where do you see this coming in? We can, we can also, we can also, yeah, no, no, we can also put in the comments today. I'm, I'm in a good mood to him. Yeah, Mario, so. how are you doing? And congrats, I saw the announcement. <laughs> if you're wondering what announcement, check out his LinkedIn and Facebook. Got an yes. important very, very, very nice. Yeah. So the way I see it going as we go forward with the show is definitely we're going to continue to create. I think a few things may happen in the future. People will start missing, recognize us as, you know, host the uh, concepts production wise and approach us to, you know, create spin off content. Maybe the other aspect is as we evolve, maybe when we reach 200 episodes, we're finally going to get a more broader, close-knit community. And we can start working on maybe behind-the-scenes gated content as well. But we'll still try to keep it free. If you look at the evolution of how content creation creators evolved on YouTube, I, I've watched a lot of channels. Like, you know, the, the first three years is basically nothing. Because we, we're doing interesting. this. Interesting. Very we're interesting. doing this kind of like, you know, out of our own pocket. As you know, there is no commercial side to this as we do this week. So to the viewers, if, if, if you haven't realized, this is fully <laughs> Sean, look, and Diego back. But that's about it. <laughs> so We're this... also slowly going to change that gradually over the next 
because we had a hundred episodes without putting sponsors and those kind of things in, I think gradually you'll you'll see some change this year. Because I yeah, definitely. Like, I now feel like it. First of all, you don't want to put sponsors in too early, and I think this is one of the things that a lot of people underestimate. Even people with a big following, they're like, "I should monetize as soon as possible." But there has to be a structure which makes the monetization kind of sustainable as well. There sustainable, be, but also it yeah. could also align with our values. Like exactly, uh, a lot has happened. If you, especially we cover the crypto scene, a lot the NFT scene, the so, so you scene. don't want you don't want an NFT as our our sponsor. It's good, but referencing you, you shared the, the a coffee sale video with me today, like where he kind of. You know, try to scam a scammer, and basically to show everyone how little due diligence people do to take on sponsorship or paid advertising. So that's something we need to, you know, keep into higher regard as well as we vet. Obviously, I think locally, if if we're looking at local sponsors, it's uh, it's a bit easier because of the you know network effect. I think. I, I uh, think, if you I disagree, think I'm I, I'm actually. I'm thinking of two companies that are internationally known mm. that are valuable for our audience. That's that's what I'm looking towards, and that could be there could be some local players as well because they want to reach out to the rest of the world. Yeah, and also I also strongly believe there's there's a possibility for us, especially because we have basically. I think I do want to have more guests from Africa these next 50 episodes. I think that's going to be a mission for me. Now that you mentioned, for, have we had anyone from we have oh, had yeah. Asi- We have had Asian guests. Yeah, we, have we haven't European covered guests, any. Uh, South Africa. American, American like North America, but we haven't had, I can't remember having an African guest. No. And the closest feel, one to Africa, but this is basically what Spain was yeah, which is the south of Spain, which, which <laughs> yes. just doesn't it doesn't tell Diego, it doesn't tell. No, I I I'm just yeah. using our geographic yeah. knowledge, you know, yeah, the, the proximity, to yeah, proximity. <laughs> it might have been the best proximity, but but definitely, definitely not. And I feel like we're we're missing we're missing out on on that part. Oh, uh, I can definitely yeah someone up. Yeah. So okay. I think I think that's definitely something I'm I'm really interested in. And I really wanna uh, wanna work towards, and and I think and we can can say we we have guests from every habitable. Then we can say we have had guests from every continent. Well, we need to habitable continent. We, yeah, sorry, but we also have to cover Australia as well. So, but I think there's I, some I, guests. I, I I can have Australia covered. Yeah. Actually, it's already on my kind of. If if you look at it from this perspective, we have done the show in in that continent because you were there. So I feel that also counts, right? Or was yeah, no, I was in New Zealand, so yeah. that doesn't count as the continent does, of well, Australia. Hold on. Does, does New Zealand, to which continent does New Zealand belong? This is an That's an interesting question. I actually because don't. for me, it, it doesn't feel like it belongs to the continent of Australia from a continent perspective. This is this is really That's interesting. interesting. I've never thought about it, actually. If, because if you would put me, who wants to be a millionaire? And you would put as this question out as, okay, who wants to be a millionaire? It doesn't have an open question. So there will be four 
answers, which you could derive it from. Still, this is a really tricky question. Yeah, because I don't think I, I did walk through a museum, like a historical museum in New Zealand. If I can recall correctly, it wasn't part of the mainland Australia. I think it erupted like through volcanic activity, like two plates <laughs> crashing to each other. And that kind of created the landmass of New Zealand. Hold on, hold on. We, we, there's only one correct way. Oh, there, are two, <laughs> there are two correct ways. Yes. There are two uh, correct ways to figure this out. Let's right? go. Chat GPT. Uh, I'm, I'm doing it now. Oh, you're it doing is, it? Okay. Okay. No, 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 no. Ask the question to which continent does New Zealand belong? That's that's I that's the question know. that we well, we want to ask Chat GPT. And for those who don't know about Chat GPT, it's a it's an AI open software where you can chat with AI artificial intelligence and it derives the answer. Okay, okay. Yes. So Okay. So what ChatGPT says, New Zealand is located in the southwestern Pacific Ocean and is considered to be part of the continent of Australasia, which includes the countries of Australia and the islands of the Pacific. So Australia in itself is not only Australia. Yeah, so the continent is not called Australia. Is the continent called Australasia? Yeah, Australasia. Are you sure? (laughs) No. (laughs) Yeah. Hold on, hold on. Yes, I'm sure. Mm. Okay, so Google, Google, when I ask Google, what are the, it already pre-filled my answers. So I give Google an extra point over chat GPT right now because Google was able to... Oh, here we go. I I have some clarification here. Australia is indeed a continent. It is the smallest and the flattest of the seven continents and is also the world's largest island. The term Australasia is often used to describe the region that includes Australia and the surrounding islands in the Pacific, including New Zealand. So it is kind of a count... Like as a continent, as a landmass, it is the continent but it includes the region as a whole to describe. Okay. What does Google say? Okay, what does Google say? It says it belongs under Oceanic. Oceanic. Help me out, Oceania. Yeah, Oceania. Yeah, That's, that's often considered a region as I know it, but not a continent. Because, you know, continents, how I understand it, are land masses. Okay, so this is confusing because basically I overlooked something here. Because if you ask what are the continents, it it doesn't show up. Oceania doesn't show up. So when you ask where does New Zealand belong, it says Oceania. Okay, so... I asked ChatGPT yeah. now what are the seven continents of the world. So we got Africa, Antarctica, Asia, Australia in brackets, sometimes referred to as Oceania. So you may be onto something there. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> wow. Cross, okay. Cross checking back. So you know. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> so even Google and Chat, you're confused right now. So so a fair game, fair game. At least we we've learned something new today. 
So next time you want to confuse somebody, you just ask them, what New continent, yeah, <laughs> what what continent, continent is New Zealand belong? Yeah, and then you really have people like confused. And if they say, if they give the proper answer, you're like, yeah, but if I say the seven continents, which continents do you say? And then they'll completely get confused as well. So a great segue to move back towards the show because we were talking about celebrating our 100th episode of Solution Compos. And thank you, Tevin, for the congratulations. So today's episode is going to be real fun because we're just going to do a recap of what it means to do 100 podcast episodes, things that we've learned, things that are going to happen. happen. And have you ever put in to chat how to take over the world? I haven't pushed the boundaries of ChatGPT, but I've seen Twitter threads that kind of push the boundaries and it went pretty dark and dystopian. So I myself have not tried it. <laughs> so. so I asked, I asked today, I asked ChatGPT a question and I asked the question, which basically was a question to sum up stuff. And it just started summing up and it started one and it gave a question. And it stopped there. It just stopped with the one. So I was waiting for two until yeah. you know how many two. And then somebody and told me like, you have to go beyond that. So I was like, aside from one, what other <laughs> options do you have? And then all of a sudden it spit out five more, which was really interesting. It was kind of like the AI testing me, like I would be satisfied with that single answer. It's really interesting. Yeah, you need to be very specific and descriptive if you want specific things. But coming back to it, what was the first thing you asked ChatGPT when you first tried it so, out? So what, what do you think? My guess is, it's definitely something related to Suriname. Because that was the first thing you did with Midjourney as well. Okay. But, fair. Fair enough. But I'm not sure. Because it could go in any direction. Okay, so... I'm not sure how much I'm allowed to say, but I think I'm allowed to say that my wife now works for an organization helping the wildlife in Suriname. And they organize Earth Hour every year. And they have a specific team for this year. So as the second thing I put in, I actually put in something for her that she could use promotionally in a line of work. I'm not sure if she used it though, but it was still interesting to see the results from that. See how much chat GPT knows about Suriname. And they're pretty good. The answers were kind of generic in some sense, but they were really creative. And like uh, last week guest said, sometimes it's good to like when you're stuck, you know, to to use it to get unstuck. But the first thing that I asked the chat GPT was indeed Suriname related to some extent because it wasn't a question about Suriname. It was a question about a particular meaning of a particular word. So what it meant if that if a person was that word, what word would it be? What word? A particular word. Is it's it really positive? close to home. It's Yeah, it's positive and it's really close to home. You have worked with that word. Hmm. Yeah, you have, you've actually worked with that word. With, with that word. So what does it mean if someone is blank? Something like that? Yes. What does it what does mean? it mean if you say that a person is blank? And I've used this before. 
Yeah, you've you've worked with this word extensively. Ex- oh my god, Chad, help us out here. <laughs> no, no, no. So you're you're gonna figure it out now. If a person is, this is the answer Chad GBT gave me. If a, if a person is described as blank, it means that they are beyond words or explanation, and that it is difficult or impossible to describe them or their qualities accurately. The term is often used to express the sense of awe or reference and suggest that the person or their qualities are too good or profound to be expressed in words. Now I'm even more confused. Am I thinking? I'm thinking way too hard. It's really, it's really close to my heart. And you've worked with it as well. Thanks for everybody who is congratulating on, on, on the underdog song, by the way. Yeah. No, you don't know which word it is. I'm drawing blanks blank here. Too great or extreme to be ex- expressed in words. Ineffable? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now I get it. Yeah, we, we, yes, I, we've worked with this word. I, I was thinking in the context of this show, but when, when you said that again, slowly, I... Remember yeah, the you, process you, we went through. When it's yeah, the when it's in the context, yeah, it's, yeah. it's different than when you just separate and, and take it. Yeah. So, oh no, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. What does it mean to be ineffable? Got it. Yeah. This, so my first question to Jet GPT was, what does it mean if you say that a person is ineffable? <laughs> and of course, I sent it. I sent it to the team in Slack just just to share it because I thought it was fun. But yeah, so. Basically, if you look back at the, uh, the first 100 episodes, we started off a lot of personal guests, a lot of people that we've connected with and we wanted to have on the show. And then we moved more towards international guests to the point that at this point, we don't always even personally know the guests that we invite on the show. And that has been bringing us interesting stories. We've had stories of people who were just about to change country and going to, going to live somewhere completely else. We've had stories of people who had given up on modern medicine and decided to take their own health into their own hands and do research. We've had authors, we have had alumni. We have had almost from every continent guests on this show. And I think that's the whole idea of Silicon Conference is to kind of keep it very broad with a lot of possibilities and a different kind of audience as and well. perspectives like you know yeah. for example last week hearing the perspective of what it's like in argentina you know messi uh, argentina just won the world cup in qatar but ha- hearing that from someone living there actually that our inflation rate is actually outperforming theirs like even with the rising gas prices we had today like, yeah, our, our currency is outperforming theirs in the past 5, 10, 15, 20 years. It's, it's insane. Yeah, it just brings perspective like, all right, we have it bad, but, you know, other countries, other people uh, kind of have it way worse. Like El Salvador, for example, yeah, you see the mainstream media on, you know, the adoption of something like Bitcoin, for example. But when you talk to a local there, like, what is the actual adoption rate like? How are people seeing that? It brings all that into perspective. And yeah, for this year, definitely, we need some perspectives from Africa. We need some perspective from Australia. We're going to get those. That's definitely on the to-do list for 2023. And then we can say by the end of 2023, going into 24, 
we've covered every habitable continent because I don't think we're going to get Antarctica. Well, we could, but, we could try. Like, I, I don't want to go on Mr. Reese, but we could definitely, definitely try, which, which also brings me to, I don't know if you've seen, I don't know if it's still the, his latest video. Have you seen the video of Mr. Beast curing adults and people from blindness? I've seen the tweets and some news about it, but I haven't checked out the video myself. I, okay. I saw there was some controversy around it, but... Uh, so it, it's pretty interesting. So basically what, what he found out is that there is a procedure, which is, I wouldn't say necessary, easy procedure, but a very short procedure for several people or certain kind of blindness. So this is a treatable blindness. Of course, not everybody that's blind has a treatable blindness. So you have to take that into context. But there's actually a lot of people who have treatable blindness, have something that's kind of covering part of their eye. And, and to Do you like get similar to like the LASIK treatment like uh, that people get who wear glasses and then, you know? No, no, no. This is, this is a way, I think, I, I don't know if the technology, it, it didn't look like the technology was new. Maybe the method was. But I think it was mainly the understanding that some kind of, some kind of blindness is curable, is in the sense curable that it, there is an operation that can remove the blindness. Yeah, because so that's the piece of blindness, like, like yeah. color blindness, like yeah. that's a blindness. So it's a certain type of blindness that is treatable. And there are enough people in the world who could actually be cured of blindness. And just that thought, because when you go blind, like you're kind of left to yourself, but also a lot of people in the video have been blind for their whole life. Some got blind, some have been blind for like forever. And I think a couple must have been born, but I can't, sorry, I don't have the statistics. It's not that they were fully, I could fully like research that either or something, but just the idea that there's a possibility to cure blindness and that you take the effort. I mean, you can do so many things with your money. And this was so much, he was surprised that it went so well in the sense that he tweeted out like, well, I'm surprised that, that this got so many views. But from a content perspective, curing a thousand people from blindness or giving an island to one person, I mean, let's be honest, which, which sounds better? I think curing a thousand people from blindness sounds a lot better than saying like, hey, I built a Willy Wonka chocolate factory. Like the entertainment value of the Willy Wonka chocolate factory is higher. Yeah. But yeah, but, but curing adults with people from blindness, that's like, that you do that with your money, with your YouTube money, that's, that's, that you're with your creative money. That's awesome. It's such a feel good kind of, it's, it's more of a feel good scenario than giving a $10,000 tip to somebody. So yeah. I, I feel like that's, that's, it's, it's inspiring. I, I truly, and, and there's also, they have, there have been people like with all big creators, there have been people that have been trying to cancel Mr. Beast. No, Mr. Beast is a category in it, in its own right. Yeah, but it, it really upsets me though. Like, like that people would, of course, if there's something that's, that's very disgraceful, but now they're just attacking because they can't cancel him. They're attacking kind of like the friends and the people that are actually appearing in the videos. And, and that's kind of, yeah, what, what's worrying about society in, in general is this. It's okay that we're going, I feel it's okay that we're going towards tribalism in some sense. 
because it will make people feel more connected and better connected. But on the other hand, I don't like tribalism where you kind of, your aim is to destroy other tribes. That's, that's where I get worried. Oh, well, well, that's the thing with how accessible the internet has become for people to share their opinions. And sometimes it's not even opinion, it's just straight up hate. There's always like people from the other end of the spectrum kind of trying to find a fault in what people are doing, trying to see the wrong or to talk them, talk it down or something. So this brings us actually the, in the context, like, especially as creators being in a public space like that, vulnerable to, I, I won't call it attacks, but, you know, criticism from all direction, it also affects your health in a certain degree. And the past month, December, November, December, we had a lot of this topic as well, like health, health, mental health, the whole spectrum of health. And you wanted to bring this up today as well. So talking about mental health specifically. So what yeah, I think how do you so, see that having so there's there's a general there's a general problem in the sense that we as as and I'm saying we because I've I've been in situations where I do that as well of or I or I have done that in the past. We are often in a situation where when you put in a lot of work into something, it's pretty easy to become recognized for it. And when you become recognized for it, there's a Dutch saying that high trees get a lot of wind. And when you do a lot, and when you're in the forefront of anything that happens, you kind of become the face of whatever the operation is. And when you become the face, all the anger, all the positive is scared towards you, but all the anger. Yeah, all the negative as well. As well. And... This puts us in a very comfortable, uncomfortable position because you have people that just want to work hard and people who are there for the show. They kind of, they get energy from. Yeah, they taste the fame. I actually was listening to, yeah. to a podcast with Pomp today as well on, yeah. you know, chasing fame and everything. Yeah. But yeah, I, I get what you mean. So it's, it's really annoying in the sense that, I mean, I see it around me quite often. I have some people that I know they're, they're awesome. Their work ethic is the best of all of the people that I know. They're smart. They're, they do their research. They do their due diligence. They even towards me are much more respectful than I am towards them, which is something that I'm very self-aware of. And I look a lot more. I look at it a lot more because I reflect a lot now, seeing like how sometimes I'm being impatient. I'm being, I'm saying something that could come across as disrespectful. And these people, they never do that. And they also always try to stay out of the limelight, which means that often opportunities that go to other people aren't always the serve that they go to other people. They don't get the opportunities because they put, don't put themselves out there. And like, there's also a personal development segment, which is like, yeah, you have to network. You have to put yourself out there, but. Well, I, yes, I get that perspective, but I also think for some people, it's a conscious choice as well, like to not be in the limelight. Yes, certain opportunities only cross your path if you're in a certain degree of light. 
But on the other end of the spectrum, there are also opportunities that you only can get in the shape, so to speak. I, I, I remember way back in the beginning, like, who did we have on? Can't remember quite who, but he was talking about the, the concept of, you know, the, the people who move in the shadow. You, you have the, the spotlight people and the shadow powers, I think was the word that he used. And I think there's a place for both. And you don't necessarily need to be in the spotlight to get well-deserved opportunities or recognition. Some people get that satisfaction, that contentment from seeing others thrive through their support. Yeah, oh, and then, but, then, but, but then you still get to a certain point that if you do put a certain amount of effort, you're going to get recognized. And when you get recognized, you can get, there's two things that can happen. It's like, you get overworked, you get stressed out. Or you just don't have enough time on your head and you have to make choices. I was about to say, that's where I think priorities come into play, right? Yeah. With the limited time, I, I think I remember you having a talk one time and you described the, the time we have in a day about the seconds or the, the allocation. I, I can't remember <laughs> the exact number. Yeah, but. no, I mean, it's, it's funny that I basically studied leisure studies and <laughs> like the running joke with leisure studies, I've always been like, oh, oh so you're studying leisure studies. So you must be really good with your, with your spare time. And, <laughs> and then I think that- And that you should just be like, what spare know? time? <laughs> And, and yeah, my spare time for me, it's like, it's divided between my family and my personal passion projects. And, and when you start realizing that, it's like, I, I slave away when it comes to, to passion projects. I just, I don't, so here's the fun fact. Like when I was younger, I would play a lot of football manager. And when I was sick recently, right before it or during, I decided to download the game for Mac because it used to be a PC game, but now. There's a workaround to do it with Mac. So I, so I found the workaround and actually got it. And when I was sick, I played it quite a lot. But as soon as I got better, I haven't touched the game since. Just because if I have to choose between Splinterland and, and, and Football Manager, like 10 years ago, I would easily say like Football Manager, there would be, never be a game I'm more interested in. The Splinterland has a play-to-earn aspect. So, it's, is that the so, main driving force that you uh, keep... Okay, I have to say, it's, it's actually a really cool game. Like, the innovations that they do keep you hooked to the game. So, it's basically like a normal game. They have figured out, like, the attention span of what normal games do and what they do with updates to get people that are hooked on the Yeah, there's, there's, you know, a game theory, yeah. like... Like, but there's also an aspect that for me, I've already have my return of investment on the game in a, in a certain sense. And even though it's getting harder because it's a bear market. So as long as they're not like, there isn't a rush on crypto, you have to be wary that this, this game, you have to be really good to make a living from it. Like if you want to make a living from it, you probably will have to do it by also streaming your gameplay, also writing posts about it, and being just generally 
if you if you play Splinter Lens like forty hours a week, yeah, like, it's and not you read about it and you write posts about it on Hive and you you do debuses on it and you go on Splinter Splinter Lens on the Splinter Lens uh, gameplay websites and you post about it and you do a a stream about it. So you stream on Twitch and you upload your streams to TreeSpeak or YouTube. Yes, you will definitely be able to make a living from it. But if you're an occasional player like me that only plays like, I play only play the weekend. That's the only moment that I have time. And if I have a busy weekend, I don't even get to play that much in the weekend as well. So that plays back into the commitment and consistency, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, Danny is bringing up a good yeah. point here. Like looking back a year ago, like when we played uh, God's Unchained back yeah. then, we, we managed to do it like for what, two, three months weekly yeah. and yeah it was fun at the time but it was also very nascent kind of upcoming yeah. so it's still very fresh new you're learning things and we kind of coupled that with another hook trying our quote-unquote streaming career which kind of yeah. didn't work out <laughs> i guess but for example then he got to like the 100 twitch subscribers pretty fast see so it's it's there so if you commit yeah. to it really commit if you commit to it, and yeah. you know create the content around it because the game is just a medium it's just a tool it's what you yeah. do around it that kind of creates the community creates the audience creates the income streams if that's something yeah. you're looking and for. also you have to be committed to the community itself so you have to yeah. be in the twitch, twitch channels you have to be in the discord channels you have to be in follow twitch streams from other players you have to be on yeah, Twitter you need to engage. with the community. You have to engage. Yeah, you really have to engage to to make it work. And I think that's something from a from a social confluence perspective. Yeah, like the memes. The memes yeah. he was making. Yeah, but Danny, that's also playing in to to the actual to the community. Yeah, to the community. Yeah, and and I think that in that sense, like there's there's definitely growth for social confluence. We have to find a way to also do a little bit more with that, whether it's the guests that we had, have had on the, on the show, whether that's a group. I think we could even try a LinkedIn group. That would be really interesting to, to, to pull that off. I think a LinkedIn group would actually get me excited because it will get me more committed. So that's something I'm definitely thinking about, but you don't have to figure out the platform. You could do Twitter communities. You could do a LinkedIn community. You could do a Facebook community. So there are different approaches. Discord. Yeah, or, but, or yeah. in, in, in person meetup. Yeah. But the same podcast. Meet. Yeah, I was yeah. listening to from Pom today. Like he, he also made an announcement. Like he's doing a conference meetup in Miami to bring all or like a lot of the guests he had on the show there and like actually in person network and to bring in the community. Like I said, there. within, the, we, within just, the first five years, we'll, we'll do something. Yeah, no. Yeah, I, I guess an idea out there that I just happened yeah. to see, like, and then he's yeah. inviting the community to attend to yeah. meet the people in person as well. Like, so there's there's some some ground for that as well. But I think you you also want to grow a safe space where people can talk to each other, talk about yeah. certain topic. And I feel like those kind of communities it does it, it does provide you need to have a certain commitment, like where. We're currently building a community for the social media conference. And we're, we're letting Doreen, who was also a guest here in one of the earliest episodes, we're doing, letting her do the most work. So we're yeah, still changing that as well because I already. But people that. underestimate it. it it's yeah, not it's, just it's, the managers that 
they're like moderating trying yeah. to come up with activities but you need to again with, with Hive Chat as well like Hive Chat now has run Hive Chat I think has run over 150 weeks without yeah that's insane no, oh, I think we, it's we are, we are a year behind yeah. oh, no 125 year behind yeah I think Hive Chat has been active so basically it's a Twitter chat that hasn't missed an episode for the last two and a half years. It's, it's insane. And, and the two women that make it possible, it was for a very long time, it was just Tracy. And I feel we should get Tracy. Jennifer, I think we had on the show. Tracy, we've never had on the show. But I'm going to convince her to come to the show because her story is really, really interesting. And she has been like insane to, to make that possible. And then also a little bit of help. And especially now that, that Jennifer's in the team has expanded and it's actually two people. And I had to cut myself like for a quarter of a person because I barely make it to the show every week. So I'm really excited how they kind of build that. And they're also, we also need a community for that. But then you also have to increase the commitment from, from the host. And I think that's one of the things that people underestimate ab about creating a community is really getting people involved also being open to criticism and especially criticism from the people who are closest to you who really support you yeah um, it's supportive feedback uh, yeah. you, you shouldn't dismiss it outright because people mention these things just you know to improve on it and to stay engaged and then I think at the beginning of the year, I overeat it. So basically, when I closed off last year, I felt like I had it figured out. Like, okay, this is how I'm going to run everything. This is how I'm going to approach everything. And then the starting of this year, I took two extra projects under my wing. But then all everything that I was already doing, and you have to understand, both these projects were within the scope of my, like, mind map. So I have a mind map for myself, which is... Like, what were they elements. added? Like, passion projects or, like... No, so I have, a, I, have a, I have, like, a, a mind map that, that has, like, five different elements. Mm. The first element is, is ineffable, which is my business. My yeah, business. that's the business. Yeah, so the second element is the family business. Because at the end of the day, my parents are getting older. I'm the only child. So there's a responsibility. There's no operational responsibility. Don't, don't get that twisted. I mean, operationally, the companies are, are running by amazing people, like amazing people that are just putting in the work to make those companies run and putting out the same amount and effort and time that I'm putting into Ineffable, they're putting in to those, to those companies. But from a strategic pr perspective, like where the company should go, I do feel like I have a responsibility there. Then the third one is my personal kind of brand, where all the passion projects go into, which includes social conflows. So social conflows, a couple of other concepts that all fall into the Shalukasar uh, brand kind of cluster of the mind map. Then you have the fourth, which is Suriname. Like there's, there's a lot of passion projects to the FAUB Suriname and projects that I'm doing with Sustain, from a sustainability perspective, should make Suriname succeed more and more. So there can be some overlap between the Shalukasar and the Suriname, but it, it doesn't always have to be that way. 
And one of, one of those projects, for instance, that was in that category has been since COVID started, I haven't even touched it. And there's still every two, three months, there's somebody like, Hey, is this project still on? But there's just no time to, to commit to the project. And those are situations that I'm dealing with. And then the fifth element, which is basically the most important one, my private life is like my family. It's like my personal health. It's like everything that comes within. So those five elements are basically what happens. And as soon as it gets too busy, like with two of them, like the rest, it kind of collapses completely. And it's very easy for a lot of people to say like, hey, you do too much. Like cut, cut, cut some of them off, which I do do, but they would cut more off. They wouldn't start those things to begin with. But for me, from a personality perspective, that's how I stay busy. That's kind of how I get my energy. If, if I would cut like 60% of what I'm doing now, it could go to a hundred real quick because the motivation to do certain projects would just disappear. And that's from a personal perspective, that's one of the things that I'm struggling with. Interesting. Like, yeah, each person needs to decide like where they draw the line for themselves. And I guess you and your immediate circles, there's no you best so i i wouldn't presume to you know suggest you know cut everything out and see how it goes or like yeah also you will be cutting out so here's here's the problem when wait, you're wait, gonna wait. cut out when yeah. you are like yeah. the, the the week you're down with the flu like for a week one and a half week right like yeah it was over a week was it because at that point you couldn't do anything with you in neither of those five uh, segments, like yeah, so everything is postponed, and that's when I found out that things can be postponed. The only problem is it bulks, so it becomes like more component, and when it becomes more component, there are like certain things that are even if they're high importance, but they're they're difficult tasks. They just they just move to the side, like it's just like it's being moved, and you figure out everything can be moved, but then. Certain things that are actually things that if you would look at it from an importance perspective on the long run, they get pushed down towards high urgent things. So then everything yeah. becomes urgent and then all the urgent stuff comes up. Yeah, for me, the filter I put on for try for doing new things is like the simple filter of, I don't know who said it three weeks ago with, Ame, the, with Jen on Brave Vice Women. If it's not yeah. a hell yes, it's a no. Yeah. So that that's yeah. kind of the the filter I put on for taking on new things. It, it's gotta be either a hell yes or it needs to add some kind of value, well, immediate I'm, value. I'm at the no point definitely. I'm I'm saying no more than I have ever said in my life at this point. And I don't feel the guilt feeling has has left, but I've just decided I have to say no. And the problem is I'm still saying yes to too many things that I feel are really important. So it it's gets back. I, I think you know the I, you've read, what is his name? I forgot his name, but he wrote about the Eisenhower box. Yeah, I have yeah. 
the Eisenhower matrix. Yeah, the, the matrix. And I, I, I have accepted that, especially the delete and delegate, but the do and decide still, that's where I collect. So I've, I've accepted the help that I do need to delegate to certain things, but the do and decide is still where I get stuck. Because in, in the end, when you look at things, and this is also something that a lot of people don't know, there's the artist side and the entrepreneurial side. And they don't always coexist quite well. The artist side is all about feeling what you feel in the moment. The entrepreneurial side is structured, organized, and you have to do it systematically. And that's where there's still a lot of room for improvement for me in the sense that I'm currently working in systems that I've learned to become dependent on my calendar. I've learned to structure everything. But if there's something I would want to leave as quick as possible, it's the agenda. <laughs> the calendar. <laughs> the calendar is it's like... That's the one thing, like, we had a team building session this weekend. Yeah, I saw photos. Yeah. Me? Yeah. And that was like, when, 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 when the, well, what the trainer said, like, like, throw the things you hate away or talk, this, take the things that you hate. Like, that was one of the things that popped up. Like, yeah, I really don't like being as structured as I'm structuring myself now. But for me, at, at this point in life, it's kind of the only way that I can push through and achieve the things that I'm achieving. What, what would be an, a reverse approach to the agenda look like if, as it now, you have your personal assistant uh, filling in agenda and appointment, et cetera. What would reverse approach look like in the agenda if you allocate blocks first you, to flexibility to accommodate for the artistic side? The creator and, and, side. I wouldn't yeah, say the, the, the artistic, the creator okay, side. The creator side, the creator side, yeah. Yeah. To allocate flexibility for that, and that's non-negotiable. I, I wouldn't be able to run a company, to be honest. I wouldn't. I, I just wouldn't. I mean, I could be in the bar. That's, mm. that's a possibility. But I wouldn't be able to run a company. I wouldn't be able to be involved in the day-to-day. It, it, it wouldn't work. I could be a, 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 an artist. I could be a full-time creator. But I wouldn't be able to have the responsibility of making sure that everybody's salary is there at the end of the, of the month, which isn't my task per se. I'm not the one that's paying the salaries. But still, I wouldn't feel comfortable that I would well, be responsible for that. Yeah, I think I'm just listening to what you're saying. Yeah, like, so <laughs> it's, it's something for people to understand. Like people often like, one of the things that people often want is, you don't want to be the president or the, an, an entrepreneur. That's something like, if you would ask like a younger version of me or somebody who was in their 20s, like or teenage years as a guy living in Suriname, those are kind of things they dream of, becoming an entrepreneur, becoming the president. Like, like and these are really, Shooter, sugar-coated ideas. They're just not, you don't get to see the layers unless you experience it. And this is something you really have to think about. And, and I've been, been brought up with the idea that I'm an entrepreneur. I've been brought up, I've been taught from like a young age to look at things. So I look at a lot of things different 
compared to other people because from the young age, I think from the age of four or six, every, every place I went, I was being told like, hey, this is, what's, this is what this, this company could do better. This is what they're doing well. This is what this place could be doing better. This is what this place does well. This is what the hotel could be doing better. This is what the hotel does well. This is what the car rental could be doing. This is what the car rental does well. This is what the restaurant is doing. And these, I mean, these are places that I would visit and my dad would talk to me and say like, hey, see this? How the waiter approaches this? That's actually good. That's something you want in your company. If that's, if they're not doing that, that's, that's bad. So he was constantly guiding me through the process. So there's a lot of hidden knowledge. Yeah, ideas and imprinted like, from you. Yeah, own. that's, that's, it's there. But, and I, and on the, on the other side, my mom told me like, go, go study go this. No, 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 no. She told me like, go study. I don't, I don't want you to be a failure. I mean, I have a Chinese mother, so uh, failure was not an option. Like she actually, when she came, in, when I was at the university at Tilburg, she came, she traveled all the way from Suriname to the Netherlands to make sure that I finished my first year. <laughs> like that I didn't have any excuse that I was cooking. Yeah, there's no distractions. She, she yeah. was there. She, she brought me, she brought me books on mind mapping on both sides of my brain, how to use them. She forced me kind of into those books to understand it better, just to make sure that I, I ended up with my, with my degrees. And we never spoke openly about the artistic side. She was always like, yeah, but you're not artistic at all. She also stared me away from studies that were what that I wasn't serious enough for. So I wanted to study econometrics. She was like, that would yeah. have been an interesting study. Yeah. She, <laughs> she was like, no, you're, you're not, Zana. you're not serious enough for this. I was like, okay, okay. Right. If you say so, bye. So, so I think those are kind of interesting things. And also one thing that I've been avoiding is the spiritual side, the spiritual energy. I, I've been uncomfortable with, with that one for, for quite some time. That's something we haven't really explored much. We, we've done physical and mental, but spiritual is, isn't a topic we dive deep in or found someone who kind of done that. So maybe that's something definitely for the coming months to look into. But yeah, February just started. We have our first month down which was a very good first month, I would say, for to kick off the 2023 year. And we're booked till, I think, the end of March already. I do think we should reach out to some locals again just to mix it up and get some grounded, some grounding to our local circles, our local entrepreneurs, our local creators to see how that dynamic is going as well. I do have some ideas for that as well. Some guests that we can bring in. I do have a challenge for you as well because people that have been tuning in consistently for the, for the last hundred episodes have already realized that I'm much more of an extrovert and you're much more of an introvert, which often like these sessions, they could go either way, but they sometimes lead towards a therapy session for me. So what I want to do for the next session that will be just the two of us. Okay, the next. You, yeah, I want you to come up with several topics that you want to discuss, which you feel for your own personal development or 
beneficial for you or things that you are working on that we can discuss for that episode. Okay, so personal topics, right? Yeah. Okay, personal topics. So, going to be a therapy session. Got it. Indeed. It, be a therapy <laughs> session. I mean, we've done and ask me anything for both of us. We've, we've been through that. We've done we, therapy. We should do it. I actually turned some guests into my therapist as well. So, I mean, that's, that's the thing about social couples that is that, that definitely can, can happen. So I do feel, I do want to challenge you, especially because I know I can be, my extroverted side can take over these episodes a little bit too much to my liking. So that's why I want to turn it around for the next one. No, that, that's fair. And yeah, talking about the AMA, we should do one of those again. I think it's been like one and a half years since we did it. So we could, over the next few weeks, start introducing or collecting questions and, you know, receive them also <laughs> when that time comes. Awesome. But yeah, with that being said, I think this was a good 100 episode. A really interesting looking back, like that we made it to three digits. Three digits. You were asking when it first started, why yes. are you numbering it like this? Zero, zero, yes. one. Like, yes. The goal was to hit three digits. Maybe we should have done zero, 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 zero one. Zero. <laughs> but we'll get there when we get there. In case you didn't know, I did high school presentation on the millennial block. <laughs> Where it was at the time, computer, the days were only two digits. And it <laughs> yes. So, so we, we will fix it just like the world fixed it back in 99, 2000. So not, not a big worry, I guess. There's a long way to go to 999. Even There's a long way that. to go. There's a very long way to go. We have some exciting things coming up. I have definitely committed to creating an interesting next step towards creating more content on the show, but also looking for partners and companies that we could work together. And on that note, I think it's interesting that we can note on our 100 episode, as we're kind of closing off, that there has been a spin-off to Social Confos and we'll be doing another kind of podcast together. Yeah, stay tuned. You'll, you'll know it when you see it. So Yeah, it includes a couple more hosts and it's going to be a very limited and exclusive series. We're not gearing that one towards a thousand episodes just yet, but it will be the opportunity for us to talk about a little bit deep dive into something else. All right. With that being said, thanks for everyone for tuning in, celebrating number 100 with us. All 99 previous episodes have already been published on the website, so we are caught up. And actually, the descriptions have been Expanded thanks to ChatGPT. I've been using that. Oh, know. wow. Oh, right. Right. wow. An extra plus for yeah, yeah, yeah. Right that. Awesome. With that being said, see you next week in episode 101. That was it for Social Comfort. Thank you for tuning in. See you next week. Bye-bye. Bye.